Hello, friends, and welcome to a fun episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. It is day two of the playoffs, which have just concluded, and obviously a lot of you are wondering what is happening in this postseason. Are we seeing some very early surprising results? All of this coming up right on tonight's episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. For Locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We've got audio and video versions of this podcast available, so no matter what device you're using, we're there for you all day, every day. Uh, On tonight's episode, I thought it would be fun to check in on the NHL playoffs. Obviously, uh, we had an episode on the first day, and throughout the entire playoffs, I'll be giving you some thoughts on the games that I'm able to catch. Um, You know, the Jets are a little bit quiet right now, so we're just going to let them simmer, let them wait it out, see what sort of shakes out. But in the meantime, that does not mean that we're going to stop talking about hockey, You know, thankfully, the playoffs are here to give us some pretty cool, uh, I guess, series. And I think we've already seen a couple of really surprising results. So we'll check in on day two of the action. Um, You know, obviously, the first day was pretty crazy. Uh, Day two, we saw a number of, I would say, some of the more lopsided looking series on paper. Um, One of the first games, though, that definitely is probably one of the more coin flippy series Uh, This one was Pittsburgh versus the New York Rangers, Um, and I think a lot of people were not really sure who uh, to to pick on this one. Um, Pittsburgh is one of those teams that seems to be a perennial playoff favorite. Now, once they actually make the postseason, uh, how far they go has kind of been a little bit hit or or miss. Um, Ever since winning a couple of of cups, it's not really been their seasons to uh, push deep into the postseason. Obviously, you know, this team is getting older. Uh, They haven't had as much ability to um, replace some of the players that they've lost. You know, Jared McCann going to Seattle, obviously not exactly the the best situation for them, especially after he had uh, some pretty good success with the Panthers as well. So, um, you know, they've got really good contributors like Brian Rust and, of course, Gino and Sid are timeless. Latang continues to log tons and tons of minutes. But I, I think, you know, the, the man in that has been an issue. Uh, Jari is currently hurt. A lot of the backups are hurt. And, you know, this this Penguins team, for as good as they've been this season, there were some signs towards the end of the year that stuff like special teams, uh, their even strength play, there were cracks starting to show in the foundations. And so coming in against a Rangers team that is bad in a lot of areas, but is also extremely lethal on the power play um, and certainly has... A, a really amazing netminder in Igor Shesterkin, you know, it was kind of an odd situation because on the one hand, you could say, well, the Pens might be favored. But on the other hand, you know, you start looking at the goaltending matchup and it definitely does not favor Pittsburgh. What we got with this game was actually pretty funny. Um, 
the Rangers, I think, jumped out to a pretty early lead, and then Pittsburgh uh, slowly clawed back. Um, and eventually, you know, the game found itself at 3-3 towards the latter stages of the third period. The Rangers actually thought that they got a really late winner from, I think it was Philip Hedl, but thanks to what looked like an interference, depending on who you ask, you know, with the goalie, uh, there was, a, a, I think, a challenge or something or an official league review, whatever the case was, the goal got chalked off, and we spent almost like two and a half to three periods waiting for somebody to score in overtime. Um, I will say that it was a pretty fun overtime for the most part. I thought both teams exchanged a lot of really great chances. There were tons of end-to-end rushes and counters, but you could also tell that everyone was getting tired. Uh, The later the game went, the quality of the scoring chances and stuff definitely started to decline. Um, But Pittsburgh ended up having the last laugh. I think, I don't actually even remember who it was that scored. It might have been John Marino, uh, just sort of tipping one from the point or something. Uh, he he sort of shot it, and I think it might have deflected off of maybe uh, an opposing skater or one of his teammates. I don't know who got credit for the goal. Um, maybe it was Malkin in this case. Uh, whatever the case may be, it ended up being the game winner. The Rangers fans probably went home sad, but at least they got to go home before you know the end of the universe. That was a very long game, uh, one of the longest games in recent playoff history, of course. Um, Columbus versus Tampa Bay, which I think was, what, like five or six overtimes? That one will always hold the record for uh, at least the the last uh, couple of decades. But still a a very interesting game one. I'm sure game one probably seems like it's now a threat because if it, you know, game one took like, what, five hours to finish, how long is the rest of the series going to take? Hopefully we, uh, we're all still around or the earth is still around before the end of uh, game three at this rate. But yeah, I think that series... It's one that uh, I don't really have a particular favorite to call. I think the Rangers are going to have a decent response game, but I also don't think that there's any mistaking the fact that the Pens were just better. Pittsburgh, I thought, was more uh, offensively gifted. I think that they created more chaos in the slot. The only thing that you might say is that despite piling up the expected goal count and really uh, racking up shot after shot after shot, a lot of these scoring attempts were probably stuff that, you know, Shesterkin is is almost custom built to stop. I think the way that he laterally moves and makes reads, you know, he had a really good time of dealing with most of Pittsburgh's rush chances. That said, I don't really think it also detracts much from his overall performance. He was a beast in net. I think uh, throughout the entire game, he had an individual uh, expected goal or like goal saved above expectation of like 8.6 or something like that, which is among the highest we've ever seen in a playoff game, let alone a single game performance uh, period. So just a crazy, crazy thing to do on your NHL uh, playoff debut. And Shesterkin really does look like uh, the Rangers goalie of the future. If anyone had any doubts after this amazing season he's had, I I just don't even see what you can really say that's that's poor with him. I'm not even sure any of the Penguins' goals that kind of went in against him were really his fault. Uh, just some bad reads from the Rangers. And, you know, he he did his best to keep his team in it. I think he made like 70 saves or something. Just absolutely crazy. Um, but, you know, the Rangers are now going to have to go into a game two that they probably do need to win. I think it's going to be really hard to scratch one out on the road. So they need to stop the bleeding, get a win, and, and turn the series around so that once they roll into Pittsburgh, they at least know that they're getting a few more games out of it after that. 
that wasn't the only interesting result on the night, though. Uh, the Metro Division actually did have another powerhouse matchup, although this one uh, definitely did not end the way I expected. We'll talk about this interesting game in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out the wonderful folks at Athletic Greens. They have a product that I've been using recently called AG1. It's really great. Uh, and I, you know, I, I actually use it every day. I started taking AG1 because, uh, you know, I'm looking for a little bit of a boost now that I, um, I've had COVID recently. I, I need to get a little bit of an immune boost. Um, and I'm also looking for a little bit more energy when I'm going to the gym. Uh, something to make you feel a little bit better and promote healthier lifestyles. So that's why I kind of turned to AG1. You know, what is this stuff? It's a, a single delicious scoop that you mix with water. And, you know, once you start drinking it, you're going to get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. You know, that sounds like a bunch of crazy stuff, but, you know, you might be wondering, is it artificial? What's in it? Well, it's actually really healthy. Uh, it's made with all natural ingredients. There's no weird additives or chemicals, and it's perfect for so many different lifestyles and diets, whether you're on keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. AG1 is built for you no matter what you're interested in or what your lifestyle is. Uh, it's also got less than one gram of sugar, so it's really good for you, and it actually tastes pretty darn good. You know, if you're still wondering, can they be trusted? You know, you should trust that Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And take it from me, I am, you know, very picky about what supplements I use. AG1 is fantastic. And again, it's just one scoop a day. You really can't go wrong. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, like I said. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are continuing day two of our NHL playoffs coverage of the first round. Obviously, it's been a pretty interesting start of the postseason. I think we, we've had some early upsets, at least in a game-by-game -game basis. Uh, way too early to start calling any series favorites now that things are rolling on. But uh, before we go any further and talk about some of the other games that occurred, just wanted to say thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, be sure to check out Locked On Now. Locked On Now is a super cool program, one that's very unique. We take all of the latest news, trades, rumors, whatever is out there floating around in the NHL ether. Our local experts give you 20 to 30 second vignettes so that you get the most important pieces of information that you want to hear about your favorite team distilled in a super digestible, fast, and easy to consume format. You can subscribe to Locked On Now on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. They're available on all the same platforms that Locked On Jets is, including Odyssey, Megaphone, YouTube. You got the list earlier in this episode. And like the Locked On Jets show, again, it is free to subscribe, so do so right now. We love and appreciate your support. Now, uh, <laughs> you'll probably be seeing some Locked On Nows for the playoffs, and I think some of them are going to be happy and some of them are going to be sad. Why are some of them going to be uh, sad? Well, uh, unfortunately for Locked On Panthers, you know, Florida had an interesting first game against the Washington Capitals. The Panthers this year, I think, are riding a lot of expectations after such a dominant regular season performance. 
This team has a pretty great defense, a strong goaltending uh, group with Bobrovsky really having recovered his form this year. And then, uh, you know, the highlight of this team, you look at the forwards, man, and you look at the amount of goal scoring ability that they have. And they like they just score goals for fun. I mean, this team averaged what during the regular season at one point, five to six goals for per game, which I don't know if I've ever seen a team just rack up numbers like that. I mean, you would probably struggle to do that in like any NHL 22. It's crazy that a team in real life is scoring goals almost at will, whether it's at even strength or on the power play. Uh, you know, multiple guys, I think, on that team have had 100 point plus seasons just a crazy, crazy offense with a ton of balance. And, you know, the, the Caps, <laughs> I was kind of concerned about them because this team is, it's good, right? But it's not really a squad that you look at and you think, oh, yeah, they're going to be able to go toe-to-toe with the best team in the NHL, especially with a banged-up Ovechkin. I know that Ovi is back, but let's be honest. Is he really 100%? Probably not. What ended up happening, though, was that the Caps were just the much better team. They played a perfect road game. They had really great scoring opportunities. They created some really nasty turnovers for the the Panthers to contend with. Uh, One of the most infamous ones was a go-ahead goal, thanks to Ovechkin sort of, I think he had uh, Uyghur kind of singled out uh, right in front of Uyghur's own blue line, uh, stripped him of the puck, and Kuzi kind of completed the whole sequence with a breakaway, beautiful goal. I believe that one was the go-ahead one and the game winner. And, you know, the Caps, I think they've just shown that despite a lot of expectations around the team, especially because this year they've been a little bit inconsistent and they have some issues with the depth scoring, they can still put on a pretty darn good performance. And I think this game was a very big statement win from a team that, frankly, has a lot to prove. As as good as the Caps are, and you know they've also won a cup, right? This is still a team that I have trouble believing in. But I will say that in net, Vitek Vanacek, I think, is giving Caps fans reason to um, maybe be a bit excited. Vanacek, I thought, was very good. I thought he tracked stuff down low very well. I thought that he didn't lose composure when Florida had some really good scoring opportunities. If he can continue to be a brick wall and net for this Caps team, or at least keep it to like two or three goals against, uh, you know, Washington might have a more legitimate shot in this series than I thought. But of course, it is just game one. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's still a very long way to go. Now, uh, that was actually all of the Eastern Conference games. We'll take a look at uh, pretty briefly at the Western Conference games. One of these was <laughs> not not something that uh, you know you're probably gonna think too much about because bit of a lopsided goal uh, goal scoreline and, and a pretty pretty bad game for the Nashville Predators. Uh, spoiler alert: it was a bit of a butchering is is how I'm gonna s- describe it. We were kind of making jokes about just how bad the scoreline was getting. Uh, even throughout the first like five minutes of the game. So we'll talk about Nashville, Colorado in a little bit. And we'll also talk about Dallas, Calgary, which uh, a very strange game and one that I think um, probably proceeded according to expectations for at least a handful of people, but maybe not entirely the way people expected. Before we talk about the Western Conference matchups, though, I just wanted to shout out the wonderful folks at Bet Online. Uh, I've actually used Bet Online before. I'm not really into online betting, but you know, I gave this group a shot. <laughs> I have to say, it was super easy, super convenient. Couldn't be uh, a better site. I didn't know anything about online betting before using BetOnline.net, and they really made it easier and approachable for somebody like me who had zero experience. But 
they're not just a place that you do your online betting. They're also your site for all of your betting stats and sports info, whether that's uh, league news, sports developments, league reviews, the latest trade rumors, uh, news articles and analysis. And they cover so many different sports, whether you're talking about basketball playoffs, the MLB season, and even the Kentucky Derby. If you're not into sports, no problem. They've also got coverage for Vegas casino games, esports, whatever you're into. BetOnline.net really does have your back, and they probably got a really cool set of lines just for you. F1 fan, you can bet. Yeah, you can definitely uh, bet that BetOnline has your back with that as well. They've got all the racing info you could possibly imagine, and F1 odds, especially as you know the F1 season is really getting underway, and there have been some crazy, crazy results. BetOnline really does cover all your favorite sports. You can't go wrong with BetOnline.net. To get started, register for a free account on your laptop or mobile device, and be sure, uh, you know, just check out all the latest news and trends. I mean, BetOnline has great articles for you. They keep up to date on the latest stats so that you'll never be out of the loop, and you'll always make the most informed bets possible. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are wrapping up our, our thoughts on uh, some of the playoff games from day two. Um, like I mentioned before the break, uh, Nashville-Colorado was a very one-sided game. I kind of thought that Colorado would kind of go through Nashville pretty easily, to be honest. I know that the Preds, they have a pretty decent roster, right? But this Avs team is just a monster. And uh, in net for the, the Preds, I think it was Dave Riddick who was tr- uh, trying to fill in for Yusa Saros. Saros unfortunately went down right before the playoffs, and uh, obviously that's a tremendous loss. Saros is one of the top goaltenders in the Western Conference, and certainly in the league. You know, he probably had a lot to do with the reason they actually qualified for the postseason to begin with. And so losing him literally in like the last game of the year, absolutely devastating blow. It does sound like he has a chance to come back later in the series. But that is going to be reliant on the Preds remaining in this and not getting swept, which, based on Dave Riddick's performance, is not not looking too great. Uh, I think um, in the Pittsburgh and, and Rangers game, you know, the, the starting goalie, Casey DeSmith, actually got pulled in the fifth overtime period. And so Louis Domingue came on for like, I don't know, about a period and a half of action. And he made, I think, nine saves. He He actually made more saves than Dave Riddick did against Colorado. So that just kind of tells you big save Dave was not exactly having the best of evenings. Uh, he got pulled in favor of Connor Ingram. Ingram also got a bit of a rude welcome, but Colorado ended up just kind of leaving the scoreline at 7-2. to So yeah, the Avs have a very firm grip on the series already. Going to be interesting to see if the Preds can actually get a save and more importantly score more than two goals. Uh, yesterday I think was very demoralizing for them, but you know, maybe they have a shot at coming back in the series and at least putting on a decent show. I mean, I'm sure the fans are pretty upset by what they witnessed. And uh, yeah, you know, the, the the Preds are a strong team at times, but they are definitely going uphill against a deep and talented Avs team. Now, the, the final game of the night was probably one of the closest um, and a very interesting game in that not a lot happened after the first period. You had a couple of ejections. I think Rosmus Anderson and one of the Dallas Stars players, I don't remember who it was, um, they both got ejected after fighting with each other. Uh, There was like a couple of misconducts handed out, some some majors and and minor penalties with guys getting into scrums pretty frequently and fighting. 
This one, though, it was interesting. Dallas tried to come into this game being very physically aggressive, uh, playing a fast, uh, fast counter with, you know, stingy defense. But they're doing this against Daryl Sutter, who's like an expert in this. Uh, when you play a really low event style against Daryl Sutter, well, Sutter actually coaches his teams to cope with the style. You know, not only can the Flames hit you with this kind of hockey, but they're also very capable of staying focused and minimizing mistakes while playing against it. So I think the, the balance in the way that the Flames can play, whether it's a really stingy, really tight defensive structure or a squad that actually scores quite a few goals and has a pretty, uh, a pretty high-flying 5v5 offense, I mean, you just can't go into Calgary and expect that you can sort of scam your way through. I think that they tried to squeeze out a goal here and there, and Markstrom had a couple of really brilliant saves, but for the most part, Dallas just wasn't doing a lot. Uh, once the third period rolled around, they got stifled. So I think the Stars, if they're going to want to avoid losing one nothing or you know 2 or 3 nothing again, they have got to find some way to actually create offense, and especially once Calgary starts putting in uh, a lot of blocks and uh, uh, a really tight defensive structure through the neutral zone. If Dallas can't figure out a way to actually create good rushes and generate zone time in the offensive end, they're just not going to be winning the series. I think the Stars are better than they've shown, but uh, Bonus definitely can't have this team playing super low event hockey against uh, Sutter that's just not going to cut it. You are going to have to take risks and be a little bit more aggressive. I think that would suit the Stars team um, in part because it's not like they have prodigious amounts of scoring talent. This team, I think, is going to have to be very scrappy and find goals from, you know, dirty opportunities, some stuff in the crease, looking for chaos here and there, which I think they're actually good at creating. Uh, Dallas, I thought, had some looks um, towards the middle of the game against the Flames. But again, after that uh, second period, Dallas basically did nothing else. And so I think the Flames uh, did a great job of just taking care of business. We'll see if they can do it again on the second game, which will be uh, on Thursday. I expect that it should be a bit of a firecracker. Um, the atmosphere in Calgary looked awesome. And uh, I guess if you're going to root for a, a Canadian team, the Flames are probably your best option, um, unless you really love Edmonton for some reason or Toronto. And I think those two teams might be considered the most insufferable. As much as we hate the Flames for the recent playoff history and stuff, they are still somehow more likable than the Oilers and uh, Leafs. But let me know who you're bandwagoning on this playoff run, whether you're just skipping Canada altogether or if you still have at least a little, a little bit of flame for some northern squads to try and win it all. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Again, throughout the rest of the week, we're going to continue our playoffs coverage and hopefully have some really fun game summaries and uh, thoughts on how you know the, the early teams have handled things in this first round. Uh, we'll also update on some of the Jets' thoughts. I did hear a rumor recently that Randy Carlisle and Scott Arneal might be linked to the Jets. I didn't cover it on tonight's episode because um, I want to wait for a little bit more verification, but I will say this did come from Elliot Friedman, so might be a little more to substance to it than I would like it to be. If it does continue to gain some traction, I'll give a little bit more insight onto this and why I feel like the Jets would be making a mistake pursuing these options. But, you know, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. You know, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. 
It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcast media. So again, like, follow, and subscribe. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.